Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. The biggest firms obviously pay the highest salaries, and so you have to be very careful about asking questions about compensation. They're going to hire people that really want the job. So the people that they're going to be most enthusiastic about are going to be the people that like them the most. The next thing is people also will give the impression that money is important. And the biggest firms obviously pay the highest salaries, and so money Everyone knows that if you go to work there, you'll make all this money. But a lot of times, smaller firms are very conscious. They don't pay as much, that they that they don't bring in as much money, and that if they pay you a lower amount, you're less likely to stay. So if you give anyone the impression that money is the most important that then or important to you in the interview stage, then you're going to get blown out of the water. So there, you have to know how to approach that question, and the way to approach it most of the time is to make it seem like the work's most important or the this firm represents such and such to you. And so you have to be very careful about asking questions about compensation, about making money seem like it's the most important. And really the, it has to be something about the firm has to be important to you. And then the other final thing I would say is nothing in your experience suggests you will stay. What happens a lot of times is people will interview with firms. And so let's say you, I don't know what your particular background might be, but something in your background is maybe you everything you've always worked on I don't know personal injury defense and now you're interviewing with a, and you've done that for 7 years and now you're interviewing with a firm that does construction law so there's nothing about anything in your experience that suggests you'll stick with that firm unless for some reason you've done you you look committed to construction law all of a sudden one, one example a lot of people have been trying to do privacy law which is fine i mean that and and they might be a litigator so those people will go and they'll get certifications and do all these things to show that they're really committed and then they'll start trying to apply for those jobs or you know it's some sort of interest in the subject matter you write papers about it or you do something to to inter- that shows your interest in that subject matter and and that will help them but th- there has to be something in your experience to suggest you'll stay one of the biggest things and again this is this point to by the way is hugely important. I will send this again to everyone after this webinar and I hope you will I would refer to this as you before your interviews because so many people blow this. Things about the people do that suggest they won't stay are other things that you know that happens is people will go in house. If you go in house, law firms know that you're probably not going to stay. They know that you'll take another in house. So if you if you've done nothing but if you've done nothing I saw a resume the other day I see these resumes all the time and they're fun I like them people that have done things like they go to Harvard or Stanford or really good schools and and do very well there and then and take these jobs I don't know working with immigrants to get papers and to help them immigrate to the United States and Guatemala or something they just all in things that you wouldn't necessarily expect but if you're in a different practice setting or some type of work it looks important to you they're not going to believe you're going to stay. So you have to have things in your background to make it look like you're going to stay. Taking never working in a law firm uh, during law school and then suddenly wanting to work in a law firm, going and doing a judicial clerkship when you're 10 years out of school, just anything that makes it look to the firm like you're not going to stick around is very harmful. And so law firms really do need to believe you're going to stay. And I could talk about this, I guess, forever, but it's exceptionally important it because they're, they're everybody's when you go into an interview everyone's prodding and trying to believe whether or not you're going to stay or not and i do the same thing when i interview people and it's disappointing 
when I realized that they won't stay, but it's actually very smart and, and ask, those sorts of, uh, ask those sorts of questions. I'll just tell you, like, from my personal experience, some things that I did that were bad when I was interviewing initially is I had um, all entrepreneurs, for example, are a bad thing. So I've always been an entrepreneur and had businesses and things, and but that entrepreneurs will never stay. They're, gonna, they're obviously going to get a, a job in a law firm and they're probably going to start their own business or people that leave their law firm and start a solo practice are unlikely to go back and stick with a law firm or go to a different practice setting. So looking to some extent, if you're going to do the job long-term, you just need to be able to tell the firm and give them the impression that this is very meaningful to you and you want to stay there. And then the next one, and there's six of these, but the next couple will be much faster, is really wanting the job. And this is exceptionally important. So there's a, a story that my mom told, I've told this on several of these webinars, but it's when I was very young and she took me to get a dog and, and I picked out a dog and she said, why did you pick that dog? And I said, well, it's because the, it's the only dog that ran up to me and was really seemed to like me and that sort of thing. And so people will, if somebody really wants something, they will, then it's good. And I'll tell you another quick story that's funny. My, when I was in law school, my first wife, who I ended up marrying, walked up to me in a bar and said, how come you've never talked to me? Like um, all these other people here have, but you've never walked up and talked to me. And I've always wanted you to talk to me. So obviously that was like, got my attention. I'm like, wow, this person really likes me. I better see what's going on. So when someone likes you and when someone wants what you have or is enthusiastic about you and also very talented at the same time, you like them back. Anytime you go into a job an interview, you need to appear like you really want it. I remember once I was interviewing with, uh, I don't know, I think it was Simpson Thatcher in New York, which is a great firm. And I was interviewing with this guy named Barry Ostriger, who's now a judge. And uh, at one point during the day, he came back and he said, I like you, but it, I just, you just don't really seem, seem flat and like you're not that enthusiastic about this. And so I'd love to hire you, but this, why would, I, you know, but you don't really seem like you're that excited about it. And that was a great point. I was excited, but I was also jet lagged and because uh, it was, I was coming from LA to interview him. But, it, but the point is that you have to appear like you really want something. People hire people that like them. People want people that want the job, that understand it. And you need to be really fired up about it. You need to go in and, and look like you're really the person that, that wants it. I had an interesting thing happen. I used to be very involved in admissions for University of Chicago. And, and this is a long time ago. I don't know how long ago it was, but I remember I was in this seminar where they talking about admissions and things. And, and they said something that I thought was very interesting. They said that, I don't know, that back then it was maybe they said something like 8% or 6% of the people that applied that didn't interview got in and then something like 30 or 40% of the people that came out to Chicago and interviewed with us got in. And think about that. So there, and what's the difference? The difference is that if you travel all the way out to Chicago from wherever, I guess this was in, this was for LA admissions, you obviously want to go there. And that's very, people want to hire people that, that want to go there. And then I remember also I was, when I was in high school, I don't know why I applied to it, but I applied to this Washington and Lee, and I don't know why I applied there. I don't know what, I, what the reason, but I applied there and I got a letter from them and it said, uh, we think you're great, but we would like to know if you're a first choice or not. This is in, when all the admissions letters came out. And at that point, I'd already gone to other schools and stuff and I wrote back no, and then they wrote back thanks, but no thanks. And uh, But I'm assuming if I said yes, it was my first choice, then they would have wrote me back and said, great, you can come here. Very smart to do that. So 
people want to hire people that really want to be there. And so you need to understand the employer and get fired up about them. You need to think about all the positives about them. And then you need to keep all of that in mind. But you need to keep all those things in mind when you're interviewing that, you know, the people, they're going to hire people that really want the job. So you need to be fired up. You need to list all the reasons that this is a great place. You need to come in and you need to be very enthusiastic. You need to understand the employer, meaning you need to read articles about them. You need to talk to people in the employer that if you can, before you even go in or people that you've known or things that people have said. And people really like people who like them and they just dislike people who not, who don't. So think about, think about yourself if you're an employer. And so every employer has positive and negative things about them. Some employers, they may have had layoffs or they may have people given them bad reviews or and the employers are very cognizant of the bad things people say about them, but they're also, they want to hear positive things. And so they want you to be enthusiastic when you go in and they want you to really believe that, that you're likely to, that you want like them and you're really enthusiastic and you want the job. And this is a huge mistake. This is something that so many people mess up. It's, I had an interesting experience uh, years ago. I was hiring, I wanted to hire some first year attorneys to work in our company. And I don't know why I wanted them, but I wanted two or three of them. And and so I called around to local law schools and UCLA and different schools. And UCLA, I remember, sent over a list of candidates and and I chose some to interview. And these were people I was interviewing like in October, November. So I was interviewing people that had graduated and didn't have jobs. And UCLA, I don't know what it's ranked, but it's a very good school. And it's a and these people that I was interviewing should have had jobs. Well, the way they came into interviews, I saw right away, like why they weren't getting jobs. They were, they hadn't learned anything about company before interviewing. They seemed unenthusiastic. They didn't have any interest in particularly what I was doing. They, they, there was just nothing, nothing that connected. And, and then on the other side, I've had people before, and I've told the story before, but one of the worst attorneys I ever hired was an attorney that came in right into my office and, and said, I've, I know who you are. I can't believe you have this job and this would be a great opportunity to work for you. I'm very enthusiastic. And, but yeah, so the people that come in and act like they really want the job stick out. And that if someone really wants your job, it's going to, it trumps everything. It makes the employer feel very good about themselves. It makes them feel good. And think about all the people that you've known and people that you've known in the past. The people that you like are the people that like you. And again, my first wife walked up to me and, and basically said she liked me and why hadn't I talked to her? And which I thought was fun. And but the point is that you if the employer if you really like the employer and you really want the job, then the employer is going to like you back. And very few people do this. This means reading everything you can about the employer. This means thinking about the employer and how things would work. This means being familiar with what the firm does. This means having insights into things. It means talking to people in the firm. It means all these important things to make a connection. And you need that in order to get the job. And remember, every employer is going to interview for most jobs, lots of people. So the people that they're going to be most enthusiastic about are going to be the people that like them the most. And so if, the, you, if someone likes you, you like them back. The most popular people, the people that are, have the most friends, are the people that like people. It's just, you have to be, you have to really like the employer and you need to psych yourself up. You need to just instinctively think about why this is such a great place, what you like about it. And I've interviewed people before where they've come in and and they're just like shaking. They're like, I'm so excited to be here. And of course you're going to hire that person. 
And at the same time, I've interviewed people that are just very somber and morose and not enthusiastic. And those are people that I would never hire. I remember once interviewing this woman that uh, had clerked on the Supreme Court and, and then had been a partner in a major law firm. And she interviewed to, I don't know, be a content manager or something and our company and came in and was incredibly enthusiastic about the job. And and I couldn't believe it. I'm like, this person is a partner. I think they were at O'Melvin Myers or something and wants to take a salary cut of, but really wanted the job. And, and I ended up hiring her. And, and so the point is that regardless of the job, even if it's a job that appears like it's beneath you that or whatever it is, your job is to go into an interview and get the job and you need to appear like you want the job. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. If you appear like you don't want the job or, or just you're not enthusiastic about it, or you're, then you're definitely not going to get it. So you need to really appear like you want it. And just think about it. Like you may be interviewing with an employer that's smaller, that doesn't pay as much, that, that has a bad reputation for some reason, that you can go in and reflect all that back to the employer. And then, and that can hurt you. I had an instance once it was interesting. I was interviewing for, I was clerking for a federal judge and this federal judge used to interview, I don't know, he interviewed a lot of people. Like he would get hundreds of resumes and then might interview like 10 people for this job. And the people would have to travel across the country. These are law students for this interview. And we had one guy we were interviewing that I think was our top choice. He was, I think he was at Berkeley and really smart guy and he was likable. And, but he went in and started and I was giving him a tour of this courthouse or something. And then he asked me a question about having read a bad review about the judge on some sort of publication or something. A bad Someone said that he was too serious. I don't know what it was. And he asked me that question and he said, I just want to know what you think about that. And at that point, he became basically the last choice. And so you have to come in and he had no, again, no articulation of what this, why he wanted to work there. Um, no reason. And so that hurt him, even though he was the most qualified. And so employers want to hire people that really want the job. You have to have an, a clear articulation of why you want to be at the particular employer, meaning that employer needs to understand why you want to be there, what you like about them, and they need to believe it. You can often ask questions that give people the doubt that they want the jobs. You can ask about negative things. You can ask questions. You can take the conversation in a negative direction. And you can, you can do all sorts of things. And if you do that, that's going to make the employer think that you have reservations and they're going to make the offer to someone that doesn't. The other thing that's a huge mistake is if you, a lot of times when you're interviewing, they'll ask you where else you're interviewing or what other kind of places you're applying to. And so people will do the dumbest things. They'll say in-house, they'll say government, they'll say if they're at a large firm, they'll say, you know, they'll say large firm if they're, at a, if they're interviewing with a small firm and do some of the dumbest things. And so they, and that makes it seem like you're not going to want the job. So if you're interviewing a small firm and they're asking you where you want, where else you're interviewing and you talk about interviewing a large law firm, then that's going to make them feel badly about themselves. Like maybe you don't want to be at this type of firm. 
So you have to be very careful about talking about that and really looking like this is the type of job you would want to have. The other thing is uh, your long-term goals. If you're, and this is a very important one as well, like you have to ask yourself, like, what does it look like from your resume when they're looking at your resume, what your long-term goals are? And that's pretty, I wish I was doing a resume workshop today as well, because I love resume workshops. I think we did one maybe a couple of weeks ago, but your resume needs to look like there's a pattern like a pattern. And when I say a pattern, a pattern meaning an example would be healthcare. So if you're a healthcare attorney, it's a healthcare attorney might been a, might have been a nurse and then and then gone to nursing school and then then became then went to law school and then took a job in a large firm doing healthcare law and and then all of a sudden is interviewing with an IP firm or something. So the idea is that employers are asking Everything has to look like you have a pat. There's a pattern to what you're doing, and the employer needs to somehow fit in with that pattern in terms of what your goals are. And so, the biggest mistake that a lot of people make on their resumes is their resumes are all over the place. And then when they're interviewing with an employer, the employer, you know, that there's nothing about that employer that looks like it's consistent with that person's long-term interests. And so, you need to really look when you're interviewing with an employer. You, there needs to be some sort of it needs to be a fit that you really want the job. And so you need to come in with that. With that. Now, the other thing about people that really want the job is they make a meaningful connection with the interviewer. So they're looking to make that person like them. So you want, you trying to make the person like you. So there's a story that I tell about one job I got. I was interviewing with this New York law firm when I was in, was it, I think it was in, when I was in law school. And for some reason, they were having me interview with people in their tax department, which was just weird for a summer associate. And, uh, and, but anyway, I went into this one room and they are one office and uh, the attorney I was interviewing with had taken the chair and turned it. So I'd have to look over my shoulder to talk to him. And, and I could have gone in there and, and moved it, but because everything in the office was so disorganized, so well organized, I'm sorry. I realized that's how he wanted people to sit because he gave him a sense of control. And so that actually worked and he lightened up and was very nice. And, but people, if you really want the job and you go in and you try to make a meaningful connection, you're really just trying to like the person and you want to think very positive thoughts about them. And, and if you're, or your personality type is, you want to go in and try to make that connection. You want to find things in their office that you can talk about that, that maybe make them happy or you want to get the person to like you. And if you really want the job, you're going to try to make people like you. This is the thing when I talked earlier in this presentation about people that go in and get every job that they possibly can, or when they, when they have these really high close rates, what those people are doing is they're going in and they're able to make a meaningful connection with the people that they're interviewing with. They just do it instinctively. They're selling, they're salespeople or whatever it is. They're able to make a meaningful connection and make people like them and believe that they really want the job. And then some other things are just having little substance, no, not knowing much about the employer. That's a huge red flag as well. If uh, you go into the interview and you haven't done your homework and you don't know anything about them, you don't know how that employer fits in with your needs and you're just trying to ask them questions, then that, that's really going to hurt you. I recommend before you go into an interview, you take a look at that, that employer and you read about them and you find all sorts of things about them that, that are positive and you figure out how to really want that employer and really want to work there. Because if you do that, then you're, it's going to come through and you're going to show it. And you, you really want them, you really want to look like you you want the job and, and you need to psych yourself up, even if it's not something 
that you may not think you want. You need to get the job first. Your goal of any interview is to to get the job. It's very interesting too. There's some people that are so good in interviews. And I remember it was funny. I had I was working with a partner in Los Angeles and this partner was able was interviewing with a firm in the Midwest and not as not a huge firm but a big firm in the Midwest that was trying to staff an office in Los Angeles with partners that had large books of business. And and so he was interviewing with them and and they did something I don't remember exactly what happened but the firm was trying to sim to work there and was able to offer a lot more money than even their partners were making in their Los Angeles office. And then he said something, or in their, their Midwest office. And, they, and and he said, why would you do that? And he said, they don't, the, and I think the firm that he was talking to the chair of the firm, he said something like, no one there would need to know. And then he said, well, I don't know, that makes me uncomfortable. And then suddenly when he said that, the firm just withdrew and basically had nothing to do with him. And it was a, had been a long courtship process of months of interviewing him because he said something like, it makes me uncomfortable, I've been making more. It, it just gave the wrong impression. So. Every step of the way when you're interviewing, you need to make sure that you, you're constantly looking like you want the job and that the things, the answers that the firm is giving are along those lines to make it seem that way. Now, here's another big one, and, and this is a huge one about be, being able to be managed. And, and this particular issue is one of my favorites. It's something that a lot of people make mistakes on in interviewing. And there's a real good search. There's a book I'd recommend you read, not a book, but it's, it's called A Message to Garcia in Your Career. And, and it's, it's just if you search for harrisonbarnes.com, you, you'll find it. So every employer, by the way, is when you look around you and people in your firm and everywhere you've ever worked, people that are losing their jobs, people that are having problems with their employers, people that aren't doing well, people that aren't getting raises, people that are upset and things. It's people that a lot of times aren't manageable. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not gonna find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. And, and some people aren't. Some people will not follow, what, do what's asked of them. They will they'll make problems. They'll undermine the management. They'll consistently just be difficult to manage. And employers only make money, by the way, when people fall into line and are able to, and they believe that they'll be able to be managed. And being managed means I hate to say this, even the most successful partners in the largest law firms are really basically being managed by committees and other people. And they are. This is the job of working for most employers. If you can't be managed, then you can start your own firm or whatever. But most partners and associates and everybody working inside of any firm is being managed by others. And that's just how it is. And it's not, and you need to be able to be managed. That means 
that the firm needs to believe that they will give you work to do. You'll do it. You won't complain. You will not create problems. You won't undermine the management. And you'll basically, I'm not, I don't know if it's being a yes man is the right word, but it means that you'll respect authority and, and you'll kind of and you'll go along with it and do the things that people want. I can't tell you how many people I've seen lose positions because they weren't being able to manage, how many people have not gotten jobs because they look like they can't be managed. And a lot of times it's the people that are the most successful that have the best backgrounds that can't be managed. For example, uh, people like, and I'm not picking on schools, but a lot of times people from Yale Law School will go into interviews and say, hey, it's interesting, let me think about it, which again, is not wanting the job. But then also they'll say, can I have this much time to do pro bono? Can I have this and this? And people don't like that. They, even though having someone that went to Yale and their resume is good, if the person doesn't look like they, they'll follow directions, that's very scary to the firm because firms only make money when everyone's doing the work that they're asked and doing it the way they want them to. The message to Garcia in your career, it's called your career. It's based on a famous pamphlet that was handed out, I think, to soldiers in World War I or World War II. And it's just basically about this guy that's supposed to deliver a message to Garcia, and they, which is some general that's in the mountains of Cuba or something, and they need someone to do it. And the, what it talks about is most people will find excuses not to do something and will do it in a half-shot way or will give up and things. And people, and the idea is that there was this one person that they could rely on that they knew, even if he had to fight his way through, you know, whatever, would get the job and do it. And so employers need people that can be managed. And it's just what it is about working for other people. And the more you look like you can't be managed, the more the employer is going to have issues with you. So these are some of the things that people do. They go in and they ask questions about remote work. Now, most law firms are allow remote work and there's nothing wrong with that. But the idea from the employer's standpoint is the employer wants to believe that you'll basically do whatever they say. They want you to be in the office five days a week, you'll be in the office. If they want you to show up at a 6 a.m. meeting every day, you'll show up at a 6 a.m. meeting. They just want to believe that you'll be able to be managed. And that's very important to them because if they can't manage you, first of all, it doesn't make them feel important, But which you do is another thing you need to be able to do with employers. But in addition to not making them feel important, it makes it, it basically means that you're running the show, not them. And that scares employers because that creates all sorts of problems. And asking questions about remote work, asking questions about hours, asking questions about you know, vacations, which I put in here later, those sorts of things create lots of problems. A lot of times people will critique some past supervisors. They'll say, oh, this person has a reputation for being very difficult to work with. And that's who I worked with. And th th that's not good. Or if people, when they ask you why you're leaving, if you talk about anything to do that your dislike of management or what was happening there, because employers aren't stupid. They know that if you talk about that, those things in your next inter in, in that interview, you'll have the same problems with them. And then the whole thing about not putting the employer first. Again, there are certain people that I'm amazed. They will, and these are the people, by the way, that become most of the time the most successful. They will, they'll put, they'll do what their employer asks them. They'll put their needs first, and then the employer will basically rely on them and never let them go because everyone needs people like that. Every partner with a huge book of business in large law firms always has people that are also partners that get all their work from them, that put that person's needs first and look out for them. And everybody wants that and then and doesn't complain and doesn't is able to be managed. Every Again, every huge partner, when I'm talking about business, $10 million plus in business, will always have other people around them 
that are partners that put that person's needs first and their whole career sails along like that just by doing that. So you, you need to be able to be manageable to work in almost any law firm. You need to be manageable because you're not going to like the, the procedures that the firm has. If you're a partner, you're not going to like the compensation. You're not going to, there's all sorts of things you won't like, but this is what employers are doing all the time is they're sifting through all of the people that work there and they're seeing who can't be managed. And the second they think you can't be managed, they will, you're first on the chopping block. So I'll just tell you some examples from my own experience. So in our company, we require managers to give, to send reports at the end of each day about what's going on. And there's always people that refuse to send the reports. So anytime we're looking to give raises or get rid of people or whatever, the first people that come to mind are the people that don't consistently send reports or do what's asked. Because if you can't rely on someone to do what they're asked and they're, they think they're special, then those are the people that you don't like the most. And it's just how every business works. Certain law firms, I saw one law firm once where people weren't consistently sending their hours and they'd wait weeks to do it. And, and so when they let people go, it was the people that were, and there was some sort of recession, the people that refused to, or never sent their hours in on time. And the firm didn't like it because that meant that the bills didn't go out on time or the bills, the money that they build, it screwed up the law firm's cash flow. So law firms, when they want to manage you and they require certain things, it's very important to them that you do what's asked and you show them in some sense that they're in power and that they, that they, that, that you're willing to do what's asked of them. And it's very important. It's basically you put the, you come into a position where you put the person's, someone else's needs first, and you come across as doing that and employers love it. And I don't know what to say other than very few people really consistently show that they can be managed. They talk themselves out of jobs when they're interviewing because of it. And they ask the wrong questions. So they'll ask questions about things that are important to them, which are vacations and I don't know, but or sometimes they'll ask about the employer's policy about different things. And, and that creates issues with, with employers. I, I had an interesting thing happen The I was hired, I don't know, like person started, I think this week, a woman that had been a partner at some big law firms in Los Angeles to come and basically help with prepare candidates for interviews. That's as a full-time job. It's not, it's a real job, but it's certainly not $400,000 a year or whatever she's used to making jobs. But the whole time this person was interviewing, they were saying, I'm going to be taking, even that, they were saying things like, oh, I'm planning on a three-day vacation in towards the end of July. Is that okay? And would it be okay if I didn't work in the office for a few hours every Thursday because I have a standing appointment to take my husband to some kind of doc. These sort of questions, that's someone that can be managed. And that person had a lot of really good jobs as a partner in big firms. And just listen to those kind of questions they were asking me, someone that can be managed, like they're following the, they're doing what the employer asks. And employers, by the way, hate it. If you read the, I was reading an article about, if you're not manageable, like you can get away with it for a while, but the employer, especially when the economy, it gets in bad shape, like it is now. These are the people that the law firm will come after. They will Anybody that they believe is not manageable, that's not towing their weight, will essentially be the one ones that go because the law firm wants to be able to manage people. And again, this is a, a huge topic. It's what the best partners do. It's what the best associates do. It's what the people that get jobs do. I had a woman once that I hired and, and things worked out horribly with her. It actually went very well. 
But then she got in over her head on, a, on a, some matters we were working with and, and essentially quit her job. And I was upset. But she was actually very talented. And even to the last day was saying, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And very manageable. People like this is extremely important. Like anything that you, any way that you look like you're going to go there and serve the person, you're going to appreciate the job and you're going to be able to be manageable is hugely important for all employers. And they want to really believe that. And if you can do that very well, you're going to get a lot more jobs than you otherwise would. And asking a question like in an interview in February, is it okay if I take two days off in July to do something? Wow, that shows someone can be managed. And you just have to be very cognizant of that. Anytime you start talking about hours, anytime you start talking about working remotely, anytime you start talking about thing that shows that you're putting your needs first, you're going to get into trouble. And so I just, I don't, and again, this should be advice for anywhere you're working. You want to make sure that people will believe you can be managed and you'll, the best people, like most manageable people and the people that have, that are, do the best are always saying good things about their bosses, like making, they just, and excited to get work. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.